Good morning. Today is Sunday, March 21st, 2021. Happy spring. Now, though the goal of Karbanos, of the sacrifices that we're studying in the Parsha, is now substituted or carried by prayer and Torah study. Those are the main, we discussed this last week, those are the main religious ways that we come closer to God. There are others, of course, but since those have been done, Karbanos themselves still deserve very careful, close study for at least two important reasons. One is Shemi Yabana Beis Amigdash. Hopefully the Beis Amigdash will be rebuilt speedily and we have to know what to do. On that first day, somebody's got to come into action, has got to start work and you have to know what to do. But also because there is an array of lessons, implications for every area of life, because every area of Torah has lessons about every area of life. Some time ago, I shared with you one of the lessons that is a fundamental concept in Jewish civil law that is derived from the Karbanos, excuse me, from the sacrifices. And a close study of Karbanos is absolutely necessary. It's imperative because God's wisdom is in every area of life and is expressed in every subject. This week's Parsha, the Parsha of Tzav, we're introduced to different Karbanos. Each category of Karban has a time limit by which the meat of the animal had to be eaten. It was either one day or two days. Now, the way that the days were configured would mean that, let's say you offered a carbon on Wednesday. If it was a one day carbon, that meant by Thursday morning sunrise, all the meat of the animal had to be eaten. And if it was a two day, it would mean by Friday morning all the meat had to be eaten. However, our rabbis were concerned that if we gave a person, the Torah gives a person all night long till sunrise to eat it, maybe a person would go to sleep, take a nap, thinking they're going to get up early and they're going to have the rest of the carbon meat before sunrise. And then they would forget and not wake up in time and they would be left with this uh, meat that's left over. So therefore the rabbi said, Whenever the carbon deadline is sunrise, we're going to move it back to midnight. You have to finish it by midnight. Chatzos. Chatzos is halachic midnight. That means you take the number of minutes between sunset and sunrise, you divide them in half, and that is chatzos, halachic midnight. Right now, it's around a few minutes after 1 a.m. That's what it is. Like the Afikoman at the Seder. We all know that the Afikoman at the Seder should be completed by Chatzos. And the reason for that is because even though today we do not have the carbon Pesach, we don't have the actual carbon, the actual sacrifice, but usually when the base of interest was standing, the matzah of the Afikoman would be eaten together with the 
meat of the carbon Pesach, and that had to be finished by Chatzos. So therefore, the matzah, which is in its stead today, has to also be finished by Chatzos. There's another example of this. Karban Toda. A Karban Toda is a Thanksgiving offering mentioned in our parasha, Tzav. Today, we don't have the offering. We have a practice called Birchas Gomel, to bench Gomel, to say a bracha, a blessing in the presence of others when a person has gone through a situation that is dangerous and they have successfully emerged. If a person, God forbid, was sick and successfully emerged, they say Birchas Gomel. They thank Hashem publicly for the for, for being saved. In the time of the Beis HaMikdash, they would bring a carbon tamid. This carbon called, I'm sorry, a carbon toda, a Thanksgiving offering. There were two exceptions, two un, unusual features of the carbon toda. One is that it was one day time limit, not two. I'm going to explain that in a moment. The other was accompanying the carbon, the sacrifice, were 40 loaves of bread, four zero, 40 loaves of bread. And although there's a general rule that all of the bread, all of the, the mincha, the mixtures of flour and oil that were cooked or baked were in the category of matzah. I'm going to come back to that another day this week. The, one of the only examples of chametz was the carbon toda. Basically, the Beis Amigdash ran all year kosher the Pesach, with just a couple of exceptions. The carbon toda was one of them. But it's strange because both of these carbonos, carbon toda, carbon pesach, are in a category called shlamim, which means a peace offering. And the shlamim generally has a time limit of two days. Every other carbon tamid, I keep saying the wrong thing, every other carbon shlamim has two days to finish it, except for carbon Pesach, which is a shlamim, one day, carbon toda, which is a shlamim, one day. Why the difference? Now, so far we're discussing a prohibition in the Torah that's mentioned in our parsha called nosar. Nosar means leftover. In other words, every carbon has a time limit and it was prohibited to allow any of the meat of the carbon to remain uneaten by that date. Must be eaten by and by this date. Either one day or two days as I explained. It's a very serious prohibition. If a person were to leave meat over until the next day beyond the due date for that carbon, that's called nosar, leaving over. That's a very serious prohibition. The punishment is kares, being spiritually cut off from the Jewish people. It's a terrible, terrible punishment. However, our parsha introduces another element. In addition to the prohibition of nosar, which means leaving meat over beyond the time that that carbon is supposed to have it, there's a prohibition called pigul. Now, pigul is a machshava. It's a thought in a person's head. I'm going to put this in parentheses. Included in the discussion 
of how is it that prayer should become the substitute for sacrifices when sacrifices were no longer possible? What's the connection between prayer and sacrifices? I gave one answer last week, but there is another answer, and that is that carbono sacrifices also required internal activity. What a person was thinking during the offering was essential to the action. It was not just an outward action. It required the heart. It required thinking. Like prayer is not just the outward action of saying the words. It requires the heart. It requires the mind. That's a, another very important common, commonality between carbonos and sacrifices. So pigol is one of these requirements that relates to thought. And it goes like this. If a person is offering a carbon, they're in the base amigdash and the actions of the carbon are being done. And a person thinks to himself, I am going to eat this carbon that's now being prepared past the time. I have to finish it by midnight tonight. I'm going to eat it the next day. Now, a person can have that thought and not even act on it. In fact, they can change from that thought and, and finish all of the carbon that night on time. They violated the prohibition of Pigul. And it's amazing because the prohibition of Pigul has the same punishment of Kares being spiritually cut off from the Jewish people. But, but no, sir is an action. Okay, in general, prohibitions in the Torah related to actions. Pigul is more stringent that it is only a thought and it could be a thought that does not even culminate in a, in a prohibited action. And still, the prohibition is there. How can it be? Okay, it's one thing to say that there's a deadline by which you have to finish the meat. But to say that if you thought that you were going to eat it later, even though you didn't do it, that is as bad as actually eating it later? How does that make sense? So what I want to share with you is based on an essay by Rabbi Menachem Liebtag. And he explains as follows. Nosar means that the carbon has to be eaten in a short time. Also, we know you can't take it home with you. It has to be eaten while still in Yerushalayim. The carbon toda is even more food because in addition to the animal, it's 40 rolls, 40 chalos that likewise have to be eaten. And carbon Pesach is not the two-day length, it's the one-day length, which is out of char character for a carbon Shlomim, and the Toda is a one-day length, out of character for a carbon Shlomim. The common denominator is the only way to avoid Nosar is to share it is to gather people together.
If you try to have your Seder alone, it is going to be virtually impossible for you to avoid the sin of Nosar. Now, I realize today many of us have this year our Seder in small groups because of the health situation. But at least we understand what we're missing. Why is it so important that there should be a sizable group gathered for the Seder? Okay, this specific halacha, the carbon Pesach, doesn't apply to us because we don't have the carbon Pesach. But when the carbon Pesach was there, you had to have a group. You had to share. So who do you share with? And remember, you're in Yerushalayim. Who do you share with? Well, you share with your family. You share with your extended family. You share with people who have nowhere else to go. You share with people who don't have anyone to have a Seder with. You share with people who are not able to afford to have a Seder themselves. Because that's the most beautiful form of sharing. Because that's what God wants us to do at the Seder. God wants us to make sure that at the Pesach Seder, every single Jew is included. Nobody is left out because this is what creates and defines us as a Jewish people. Okay, that's no, sir. You got to finish by a certain time. So don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. Don't be selfish. Think of other people. That's a very important goal. It's a mitzvah. Think of this. It's a mitzvah about sacrifices that supports social policy, right? You see the interwining of sacrifices and social policy? It is uh, a detail of a sacrifice that, for, that, that carries forth the social policy goal that supports relationships between families, relationships between friends, helping other people, social network. All of those things are achieved through the details of the karbanos. By the way, these, these mitzvahs of uh, Nosar and Pigul are also repeated in another parsha, the parsha of Kedoshim, which is the parsha of Vahavta Lurecha Kamoko, love your fellows yourself. On the one hand, what is the verse, love your fellow as yourself, doing in the book of Ayikra, which deals with Karbanas? On the other hand, what is details of Karbanas doing in the verses of love your fellow as yourself? Because there is no distinction between ritual and social in Jewish life. They are all intertwined. The way that we go about the Karbanas is for social cohesion. Okay, that's Nosar. That's the action. You know, it's one thing to be a stingy person. Okay, it's not a good characteristic, but I don't want to share what I have. I want to keep it to myself. I'm selfish. I, I want to keep... Okay, never. That's not a good thing. But now you come to the Beis Amigdash and you're in the Beis Amigdash and you're offering a carbon. And let's remember that the act of offering the carbon, car, a carbon, I'm sorry, the act of offering a carbon is karab, to come closer to God. So this act of offering the carbon is coming closer to God. You think that you can come closer to God while you're thinking in your mind that you're not going to share what you have with others, that you're going to keep it for yourself and eat it, past the time so you don't have to share with others you think that that's a way to come close to god that's not a way to come close to god even if you change your mind 
If you think that somehow it is compatible to have a thought in your mind, I'm not going to share what I have, and at the same time think you're going to come closer to God, you're making a big mistake. That's Pigel. Pigel means you're approaching God in the base Hamigdash, in the act of sacrificing, with a thought in your mind that is absolutely opposite the goal of what you're trying to do. That's why the thought alone is prohibited, even if it's not acted on. No sar is a separate issue. No sar is a person who's selfish. Okay, Nebuch, a person is selfish. That's a terrible thing. Pigel is a person, it's even worse, a person who thinks that they could be selfish and still come close to God. That's a terrible mistake. That's why the prohibition of Pigel is even more stringent than the prohibition of Nosar. It applies for the carbon Pesach. Even though it's a Shlomim, it's only one day. And I have to remember when I offer it that I'm going to finish it at the same time because when I offer it, I realize I've got to share what I have with others. And it happens with the carbon Toda. Because gratitude, saying thank you to God for miracles that are done for me, that's not only an important characteristic. Yes, it's an important midah, an important characteristic of how a person should behave. But also, being grateful has the potential to transform the people who are around you. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out an amazing insight when we daven in shul, hopefully we should all be back soon to daven in shul. So we have the Amidah and then the Chazar Sashats, the reader's repetition of the Amidah. Something fascinating happens. When the Chazan reaches the paragraph of Modim, where is a paragraph we give thanks, we say thank you to Hashem for everything you do for us. When the Chazan says Modim, the congregation says its own paragraph called Modim Durabonah. The rest of the reader's repetition was supposed to be silent, was supposed to be listening. Why are we talking while the Chazan is talking? A rabbi is explaining the Talmud because when it comes to gratitude, it's not enough just to listen to someone else's gratitude. Listening to someone else be grateful should elicit in me that I am also grateful. Yes, I said my own private Shimon Esrei. But at this moment, when I hear the Chazan saying those words, still I should think to myself, okay, now what am I grateful for? I've got a list. The truth is, I can be just as grateful if I'm by myself. I don't need to share it. But when I share it, I elicit gratitude on the part of others. That's why the carbon Toda had even more food. 40 loaves of bread. No other carbon had this. How am I going to finish it all by tonight, by midnight tonight? How am I going to do that? I've got to gather a large group of people. And what's going to happen to that large group of people? Every single one of them will be moved to their own gratitude when they hear of my gratitude. Just like in the congregation, when the, when the congregants hear the chazan expressing gratitude, every one of us has more and more reasons to express gratitude. 
within these details of ritual that are no longer practically applicable, we find lessons in developing social capital, social cohesion, sharing what we have with others, sharing our gratitude and eliciting the gratitude of others, understanding that in order to come close to God, we must want to share at that moment. At our Seder this year, as we approach Chatzos, and we keep in mind, we need to finish the Afikomen. We can continue the rest of the Seder later, the Hallel and and the singing and uh, the third cup and the fourth cup. It can keep going after that, but we rush to get to the Afikomen by Chatzos. Let's remember why the Afikomen has this limit. And let's put into practice the values and the goals that that limit has in mind for us. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.